Hello, Freckled Foodie fam. Welcome back to another solo episode. Thank you so much for, honestly, the support recently for this podcast has been overwhelming and I love you guys so much. You guys have really been enjoying the solo episodes, which you also have been messaging me to be like, stop being so hard on yourself. And thank you. I sometimes need that reminder. I am my own worst critic, which actually plays into today's topic. Um, But you guys are really enjoying solo episodes, so we're going to keep doing them. And I have an ongoing list of topics I want to talk about. And really, it's just coming from content that I share that resonates with you all that like I get a lot of DMs on. Then I'm like, okay, maybe we dive into this deeper. So I already know I definitely want to do one on mushrooms. And I definitely want to do one on the like constant contemplation of wanting to work while also wanting to fully be a mother and not think about work and all of that confusion and there's a never-ending list of things I want to talk about so buckle up because we are not going anywhere Um, today's episode is one that I've been wanting to do for a while but I've been trying to contemplate how I want to come at it not come at it but approach it I guess is the right usage of terms Um, because I want it to be constructive and helpful and informative and hopefully encouraging even though it's a topic that I don't find encouraging and specifically I wanted to be in a good mental place when we had this conversation and I say we because we are together oh shit that reminds me oh my god I almost sat down into this entire episode without including your guys's submissions Thank God I just said that. That would have been so bad. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Well, anyway, I wanted to do this where I was in a good mental place because it's not always the case. And this topic is one that definitely can negatively affect me, which I will get into. And I didn't want to further spiral myself. So thankfully, as of the past few days, this is not one that has been like eating me alive or on top of my mind. So I'm finally ready to record it. But now I have to go read your guys' submissions and pick what I want to include. So I'll be back in a second. Come on in, take a seat, pour a drink, pass one to me. Frickle food, we have friends, talking about life's odds and ends. Okay, guys, we're back. I went through them um, and picked out some that I want to include. So to lay this all out and like why I want to talk about this, um, cyberbullying has been around, if you're my age, since late middle school, high school, like whenever social media was or the internet was introduced to however old you were. You know, for us, it started with AIM and then MySpace and then Facebook and then... Uh, Vine and Snapchat and Instagram and now TikTok. And yes, obviously it was like prevalent in my life when I was younger, whether it be high school or college, but it's very eye-opening for me now to experience it as an adult. And I'm not saying it's ever okay at all, but I think being on the receiving end of it as a 30-year-old is almost more astonishing because it's like, we're still fucking doing this. Like this is still... 
what people are choosing to do with their time. I don't get it. Um, I think a lot of the childhood cyberbullying, which again is horrific, and I'm going to dive into that, but a lot of it can be, in my opinion, not chalked up to, but a lot of it is caused. And again, these are my opinions, um, but there's a lot of puberty happening and you're in your adolescence and people are just so fucking confused and they're hurt. And I just think that I thought that would end once you got older, but being in this like weird public eye, if you want to call it that, um, this like corner of the internet and having these strangers like throw their opinions at you is a very eye-opening experience to realize that cyberbullying is still very prevalent for adults. And I think that's what blows my mind. And the reason I wanted to specifically have a podcast episode on this is because A, I want to like share a bit of my emotional experience around it. But B, bring it to people's attention because like when I call my sister telling her this like my big sister who's not as much in the like social media world she is blown away she's like I cannot believe that this is happening in today's world with adults and I think maybe bringing attention to it I also think that my biggest point here is to hopefully if one person who is like trolling influencers or public accounts or celebrities um, listens to this and changes their mind and decides not to hit submit or send or post in the future, then like maybe I've made a difference. I don't know. Um, But also it fucking terrifies me if we're being honest because it really scares me for our future. Like this is something that I'm very, very terrified of and something that has affected me mentally greatly definitely impacts the way that I envision parenting my children and also is driving a lot of my thoughts in like future what I want to do with work, etc. Okay, so I I just want to pull up like a little bit of research and this is about the younger generation. You know, obviously we know cyberbullying is using actually I pulled the definition for you all cyberbullying is the use of technology to repeatedly and intentionally harass hurt embarrass humiliate or intimidate another person um I also want to say and this is something I've struggled with a bit um when it comes to this topic of cyberbullying have I done things that I 110% regret as a younger version of myself Absolutely. There is no question. I have shared with you guys, you know, a lot of things. I've said that I regret actions in my childhood and my past. I've said that I wasn't as kind of a person. I had a lot of anger. Um, There was a lot of competitiveness. There was a lot of jealousy. There was a lot of feeling like I had to live up to this label that was put on me. Um, And there are many things that I regret doing. I know I read you guys like a part of my journal from my last solo podcast episode and I'm fine doing that. But there's other things that like I don't feel comfortable airing on here and not because of protecting me. Like, yes, obviously I'm fucking embarrassed by them and shameful and I, I hate that I ever did things like that. But more so like to protect the people that were involved. There's no need to like air that laundry for them. Um, so 
I think that's also why this topic is interesting because yes, I have experienced cyberbullying now, but I also think that there were definitely times in my life where I did things on the internet that were not nice. Um, I can't like I can't think of I can think of one thing that really makes me want to throw up. Um, so. I did some research. I'm going to link everything in the show notes. Um, The New York Times did like a full, long haul dive into this topic. Um, And just a few things that stood out to me that are absolutely terrifying. Three decades ago, the gravest public health threats to teenagers in the U.S. came from binge drinking, drunken driving, teenage pregnancy, and smoking. These have since fallen sharply, replaced by new public health concern, soaring rates of mental health disorders. In 2019, 13% of adolescents reported having a major depressive episode, which is a 60% increase from 2007. Um, According to the CDC, and also, sorry, I should have said this in the beginning, uh, trigger warning for like suicidal thoughts for this episode um according to the cdc the suicide rate for people aged 10 to 24 which had been stable from 2000 to 2000 from 2000 to 2007 leaped nearly 60 percent by 2018 um that is terrifying in my opinion absolutely terrifying and i think it's very clear from how I have felt from conversations I've had with friends, from what I see happening with younger people in my life, what a serious issue um, and problem mental health disorders are becoming because of how common they're becoming. And I'm not, this isn't to shame anyone who's struggling. Hello, me. Um, But more so like, it makes my heart hurt that so many young kids are experiencing this. And there actually is a study that the New York times talks about. And it's like still not really, uh, I don't know how to verbalize this. Well, okay. Uh, Let me go into the statistics of this and then I'll, I'll say my thoughts. Um, As social media use among teenagers has exploded over the past two decades, so too have rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide, leading scientists to wonder if these striking trends could be related. Some have suggested that social media may have an indirect effect on happiness by displacing other activities like in-person interactions, exercise, or sleep that are crucial for mental health and physical health. Heavy social media use seems to disturb adolescent sleep patterns, for example. The study found that during early adolescence, heavy use of social media predicted lower life satisfaction ratings one year later. For girls, this sensitive period was between ages 11 and 13, whereas for boys, it was 14 and 15. For all ages, participants who felt bad about their lives wound up spending more time on social media a year later. This suggests that for some people, the technology may be a coping mechanism rather than the cause of their gloom. So again, this is all going to be linked in the show notes if you want to dive deeper, but this study basically said like while we think social media probably has an impact it wasn't like a clear correlation and I find this really interesting because I totally I mean look I don't know how the study was done I know it was a large pool of people and I'm not a scientist I'm not at all going to claim I know how to do this but my personal experience it's very hard to be like oh sure this social media is correlating exactly with this because if I see this I feel this way yes there are instances where that happens if I see something on social media and it makes me feel badly about myself there are drastic examples of that yes but it's more so the like 
mundane, constant influx of information on social media that we're absorbing 24-7 that we don't notice how directly it's impacting our mental health, in my opinion. And I know that from experience. When I take a week off of social, I am a much happier person. It is not even comparable. And yes, I know social media is my work, so that's also like a work off a week off of work, but I felt that way even before I was doing this full time. Like people in today's world, I think are sad and lonely. Like I do think that as a nation, we are more sad and lonely than we have been. And yes, the pandemic also plays a role into that. But then when you put social media in and you're seeing majority of the time just a highlight reel of what is happening in other people's lives, you're feeling more sad and more lonely. And I think that there are such incredible aspects of social media in the sense that you can like find these communities and interact with people and realize that you're not alone. But even if like there are things that my friends do who I love, even like one small thing a friend could post inherently I start to compare where I'm like, oh shit, well, I'm not doing that. Should I be doing that? Is that what I'm supposed to be doing? How come they can do that? And I can't do that. Um, It's this instant ability, whether we want to or not to compare. And then also it's this like, I can't even fathom having Instagram and TikTok in high school because you instantly know that you're not included. Like it used to be you'd show up to school a few days later and like someone would post a Facebook album and you'd be like, oh, what the hell? Why wasn't I at that sleepover? But then everyone's acting normal at school. So it's like, okay, I guess everything's fine. I can't fathom like being the in that moment where you're at home and you have no idea that other people are doing anything. But in today's world, now you're seeing all of them real time together. And now you're then experiencing that while you're alone. And it's like, what the fuck did I do? But also, I think that because we're seeing so many highlight reels, it's sparking a lot of envy and jealousy and anger and more loneliness. And I do think that that sometimes, majority of the time, is what's driving these people to turn to bullying or trolling or hating people online in an odd way, looking for others to agree with them and maybe find a sense of community by doing that. I'm not 100% sure. But also it's this like, I'm going to bring you down. I'm down. I don't like that you are above me and I'm not saying anyone is. But you might, this person might feel that way. And it's like, well, hold on, motherfucker. Let me bring you a peg down. And that's when the comments come. That's when the hate comes. That's when all of those awful words are thrown. And it's, it's honestly so confusing to me. It breaks my heart that people can be so hurt. But I also can like put myself in their shoes and, in some weird way also have compassion for them and feel badly because I understand how isolating certain emotions can be. Um, You know, I think the pandemic, as I mentioned, definitely sparked this like increase in loneliness and isolation because again, we like were alone, but also we're spending so much more time on our phones, whether that means trolling, but also I mean more just like constantly consuming what other people are doing I also think that it created this large gap of difference between and this isn't about like cyberbullying maybe it is in like high school and stuff but it really displayed gaps in 
lifestyles or ability to do things or what you spend your time doing or what you're able to do or what your life looks like. And I think that that also increases this rate of cyberbullying through envy, jealousy, anger, isolation, um, and turning those emotions to feeling like, well, maybe if I throw insults at them and I say the meanest thing I can think of, it'll make me feel better. And I don't actually think it makes the person feel any better. I really don't. Um, but maybe that's the driving force. I don't know. I, I did put on my stories that I would love to have someone on who is like from the side of trolling and no one responded, which also kind of proves my point of like, I have decided I'm not engaging with anyone unless they are coming with like their actual account, full name. Like if they want to put their life out there and say the things that they're saying to me with their face in front of it, still they're behind a keyboard. I know it's not the same. I still don't think anyone would say any of these things to my face. Um, However, if it's a fake account, if it's an anonymous way of saying things about me, whatever, I'm not engaging. It's not worth it. My therapist and I decided that like, you don't get to just throw remarks with absolutely no consequence or like no willingness to put yourself out there as well because then I'm fighting with a ghost. And I will say on this note that like responding to anyone honestly has never served me well to be quite honest. And I actually had someone message me once that was like, you don't get even, you get even sicker. Like when you engage, it it truly just makes things worse. And there has not been I've, – I've tried everything under the sun when I talk about, like, engaging with these bullies in my DMs. I have tried saying, I'm sorry you're hurt. I'm sending you hugs, you know, whatever. And they're like, how condescending. I'm not hurt. You know, then they get even more riled up. I've tried – fighting them back because quite honestly I am a combative person and when someone does this I'm like oh you want to put on gloves let's fucking go let's go I have some words to say like you know that sure as hell doesn't help because then I also say things that like I regret and then I'm like this isn't who I am um I also sometimes feel this need to like almost defend where I'm like it it has in some points like made me second guess thinking like they know something that I don't or like wait but is this who I really am like is are they right and then I feel defensive and then I'm like why the fuck am I defending myself to someone who doesn't know me like I know me if this was my husband my best friends my sisters my family coming at me being like Kim listen when you do this it's not great and like critiquing me of course that's a conversation to be had but it's strangers deciding that they know who you are or how you act or what your morals are and they don't they don't know you and like yes this is mainly speaking to influencers or people on the internet who are receiving that type of hate but even to someone who's like potentially being cyberbullied as a younger kid from someone they know like they might not actually know you as a person. They are trying to create this narrative of who you are because they like you better if you fit, not you, they like it better if you fit in this box of how they want you to be because then that fuels their narrative. 
They are hurt over something. They are envious over something. Envy is, at its heart, destructive in nature. It doesn't just covet what someone else has. It wants to destroy it and break it down. And that is where this cyberbullying comes from. And I can even, and I'm not saying this of like, oh, all my trolls are envious of me. That's not the point of this at all. Do I think that almost 99% of trolling comes from envy? I do, actually. Yes. And I think many people would agree with that. But I think I can say that because I think of how I feel when I decide I hate someone on the internet. Okay. So let's unpack that. If I think about times where I've seen content on social media that I'm like, oh my God, I fucking hate this person. Again, I don't know that person. That's an insane reaction to have, but I think many of us have it. So I'm not going to act like I'm greater than now. I've had it. Now, what do I do with that? Okay. Unfortunately, we do not like teach kids how to deal with envy or adults or anyone on what to do with it. In the moment, I am not really able to dissect that it's envy. I am like, I fucking hate how they like, I I don't know. It depends on who the the account is and I'm not going to like bully someone on this fucking podcast. But what I do with that information is what's important. Okay. Maybe if I'm feeling really disgusting in myself, do I send it to a friend and say a rude comment? Yes, I've I've done that, okay? Yeah, I'm not going to act like I haven't. I've done it. Do I think that's right? No. Do I think it's human? Unfortunately, yes. Do I think the f- next step, what when I say cyberbullying, trolling is, is to comment all of those things emotions, feelings, opinions I have about that person, either publicly on their feed, publicly on some forum or into their DMs privately. Do I think that's healthy? Not at all. And that is, I think, where if you're able to take that step back, A, I encourage you to first and foremost, try to not send it and say those mean things. But if you have gone that step, I definitely encourage you to instead of saying these comments in a public or direct way to this person, take a step back and really assess like, why is this bothering you? And I can think of a few things where, you know, there's an influencer who like will get used to get under my skin and I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking jealous. Look at what she has built. Like look at the following she has built. Look at the business she has built. Look at all these products she's created. Look at all the money she has made. Like I'm fucking jealous. Also, there are other people who sometimes I'm like, oh my God, nail like you drive me insane. And then I recently in therapy took a step back and I was like, you know what? I think it's because they just are able to own certain parts of themselves that I am still insecure or nervous or vulnerable over. And they're just like, yeah, this is me. Okay, what's up? Like there's no shame in any of it over things that I maybe still feel uncomfortable in and that sparks envy that sparks jealousy for me because maybe I don't agree with the content that they're putting out there or the messaging that they're giving but I'm jealous that they're able to just like own that part of them that I am not able to so I do think it's really interesting and this is a personal exercise that we all can do after this episode like think about the people who bring up these feelings of like anger or hate for you, okay? Like specifically on the internet, who you just want to be like, what the fuck? Or who you talk shit about. Like really unpack why. Really, really get honest with yourself. Why does that person bother you? Why does that person trigger you? Why does that person's content make you so mad? 
And I would love to hear, you can slide into my DMs, if at the bottom of it all is something other than envy. And okay, I I do want to do like a very quick caveat. Yes, we can go the extreme example of like a Trump who you guys know I do not enjoy as a human. But I do think that's different. That's not envy because that's like his policies and stuff are like trying to control me and like change the world around me. So I'm just going to like call that out real quick. I don't want you guys to come into my DMs being like, well, I can't figure out why. Like it's not envy why I hate Trump. I'm not talking about people like that. Okay, so that's that's the one sidebar. Okay, actually on this topic, a very good example of this is actually my friend Lucy. You might follow her on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, any of her channels, Lucy Fink. She, and I'm going to link it, but she actually did a TEDx talk on this where someone trolled her from like their account. Okay, like one day she just woke up and like it was crazy hate messages and comments and stuff. And she similarly to me this is where my mind goes I'm either I feel attacked and vulnerable and I want to get and I feel defensive or I want to fight them or I feel badly for them but mainly I am like why like why do you feel this way why do I make you so angry like what could I possibly be doing that riles you up this much and I don't I really will never get it um And she was fascinated by it also. And she was just like, what's going on here? And I do think like, as I've said now many times, like there is always something to unpack in that anger. And she sent her DM and was like, I'd love if we could like hop on a Zoom. And the person said yes, which is so shocking to me, but also incredible. And Lucy said the experience was so eye-opening. I highly recommend watching her TEDx talk. But basically at the end of the day, like, the woman who had been trolling her like starts crying and is like, look, I'm in a hard place. I'm struggling with X, Y, Z and you have this and that. And it, it makes me jealous and sad. And I just felt like maybe if I said these things, it would make me feel better. And Lucy had a lot of compassion for her, which I also like applaud her for. And she, she ended up unblocking her. And now the woman, like I think still follows her and like leaves her nice comments, but this whole thing. And I actually have, responded that way in in some of my messages being like hey I actually I'd love to get on a zoom happy to chat further on a zoom like let's go come on let's talk like I asked someone to come on my podcast they of course said no and like this is the thing it's not this is what I said to my therapist and what we agreed on like I'm not going to shadow box and fight these invisible demons of people who are hiding behind a cloak of invisibility where they get to say whatever they want with no consequence it's not healthy to deal with people like that and it's not a setup for a fair conversation it doesn't even promote a real conversation and I think that that's something you should remember whether you're an influencer whether you're not what whatever end of this like cyberbullying spectrum you're experiencing or feeling is that the anonymity of it all, that's not a conversation. And like at the end of the day, if someone wants to anonymously attack you and berate you and say awful things about you, that says a lot more about them than it does about you. And Lucy's example is the perfect example of that. And, you know, I've had people attack me in my messages over being like the list is endless but there was one I I think I posted on my stories once um this woman was just diving in going after 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 me and like the one line was like try being a real working mom you cunt or something 
Um, that was like her final last message after sending like 20 in a row. And I shared it on my stories because I was like, fuck this. Um, and, you know, she sends me these messages the next day. Like, I'm so sorry. I was drunk. I was angry. I was upset. I was just like, it, it's always coming more from them. It's always more about them. And I said this once about how on my stories about how like anything I did in my past, like that says more about me than anyone involved. The behavior that I did as a teenager or young adult says way more about me. I was fucking hurting. That was the purpose of it all. And when people people responded to that message being like in a weird way, it really helps me hear you say that because when I was on the receiving end of whatever happened to these people in high school or middle school or whatever, they're like, I always thought that these people were hurt, but like you never really get that confirmation. And I can give you that confirmation from personal experience and also from being on the receiving end when the next day the person messages me being like, I'm really sorry. I'm in a dark place. I didn't mean that. It's that you sparked this. Like, again, a lot of it just boils down to that. I do want to bring up an email I received from someone in the Freckled Foodie family who I actually wanted to have on the show to have a conversation on this, but our schedules didn't align because she was going on vacation and the recording had to be done. Um, So we were talking about some of these like public places that people decide to tear down influencers. And she was saying, you know, uh, okay, here we go. I agree that some of these are bullying and downright mean, including body shaming and generally attack acting vicious. I was brutally cyberbullied in middle school and I know it hurts, but it's very different to be 12 years old and be called a loser on aim by your quote unquote friends going to bed that night, absolutely terrified to walk the halls of school as a pariah than to be an influencer with a lot of wealth and a large community that still supports them. Let's dissect this a bit. I think we should open up the conversation more. As we know, COVID shed a light on the wealth gap in America. It is undeniable that many influencers come from money and have a lifestyle that most average people cannot replicate. While they may acknowledge that privilege, I've noticed a level of defensiveness when followers try to engage in conversations about how their privilege has contributed to their ability to have a platform in the first place. To be able to quit a job requires a safety net. It's that simple and many content creators have this. She goes on to say that I agree that everybody has a right to privacy, but when they share their life online, the inevitable that will inevitably come with some feedback and all jobs come with feedback as an influencer. She thinks that one has to take into account that their followers will have feedback and she's noticed a lot of young influencers particularly will refuse to engage with this feedback. Um, and okay, I respond to her and I was like, look, I agree with a lot of things you're saying. And I... A hundred and ten percent. I talked about this in last week's episode with Vanessa. Ninety nine percent of influencers. I think there's a new subset of maybe TikTokers who don't completely fall under this spectrum because now there's more like this is like sharing life in a very like non showy manner content style on TikTok, and I think that that's like the exception. But ninety nine percent of influencers are coming from a financial privilege. Exactly what I said in the Vanessa episode, and this is something I'm heavily aware of. I say it all the time. I wouldn't have been able to quit my job if it weren't for my financial privilege and a safety net that I had. There's no denying that. Um, You have to have that to be able to take this risk, right? You have to know that there is something to fall back on because this job is not stable, especially in the beginning. But do I think that this means if you're sharing your life online, it's inevitable to come with feedback? Yeah, of course. But I think feedback is very different than some of the messages 
that are received. And again, this is like talking on the influencer side of cyberbullying. Um, and to her, her comment of saying that it's not the same as being cyberbullied, like by your friends on AIM and going to bed that night terrified to walk the halls of school. I understand how you could think that an influencer can receive a DM and be like, well, you know, you still have all this wealth and a large community that supports you. It doesn't matter. Um, it still really fucking hurts. I can tell you that much. Yes, you can have hundreds of thousands, millions of people supporting you. Those one or two comments can still really fucking hurt. And I get if you haven't experienced it in that realm, it's easier to be like, well, if it's your actual friends cyberbullying you and you don't know what school is going to be like the next day, like that's worse. I'm not saying one is worse than the other. I'm just saying that it still is really painful. And I'm actually going to include a video on TikTok by Elise Myers, who I love, that she posted recently that's like, do people forget that there are humans behind these screens? And that's what I think blows my mind when it comes to these comments, these DMs, these like public forums, do people forget that there's a human on the other side of this? And like, I, I even think we forget about that with like celebrities. You know, I think that's a whole different field. I can't even fathom reading tabloids that celebrities have to read about themselves. And I don't think they're reading them, but still they're where they're out there. Like these are still people. And it's honestly changed the way I think about even talking about celebrities. Cause I'm like, it's still a fucking person. And I just will never understand. This is where it really does confuse me, honestly. And I, this is why I, I would love to engage with one in an actual conversation. I just will never understand what causes you, these people, to have so much hate that they feel like they can say these things. Um, it really, really, really doesn't make sense to me. And then one more point on this um, in regards to like the beginning comment of, you know, it's it, you still have this wealth and these people supporting you. And I, I just want to really quickly also point out the fact I think there's this like mass confusion in terms of celebrities, in terms of influencers, whatever, that like money cures all. And then if you have money, you can't struggle in other ways. And that is so truly false. Um, having money provides you with so many financial privileges and yes, opportunities for things and it makes certain things easier. A hundred percent. There's no denying that, but it does not completely wipe away the opportunity for depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, like any of that. It doesn't mean that you're some like strong ass super human with a brain that can't be affected by these words like that does not at all take away from the feelings like it doesn't negate you feeling sad and hurt by words that are being said to you online or not um to your face or not whether you know however you're receiving them privilege in a financial manner does not wipe away the detrimental effects that this can have on someone's mental health. And I mean, we see that with celebrities like taking their own lives, right? Like it's not like 
people who are choosing to take their own lives are only under a certain financial threshold. It's across the spectrum. Maybe, sure, I'm not a statistic. I don't know what the statistics are, but it's not solely hitting one specific pocket of people based on their finances. And I think because we live in such a materialistic world that people who are maybe under a threshold view anyone over that threshold as well they have everything maybe it's what they want maybe it's not what they want but it's just money is put on such a high pedestal of like well if they have that then they're not suffering in any other way and that's really really not true at all in my opinion in my lived experience what I see in the news what I see in my life what I see in people on the internet like I I desperately want to reiterate that point that they are yes holding privileges yes their life is blessed in many ways but no that does not mean they can't struggle like they still can experience struggles in aspects of their life specifically when it comes to mental health and I also want to share you know yes we're talking about people in 2022 these people on these phones, I, I don't know how old they are, but I would assume I can speak for myself. My trolls are probably around the same age as me. Otherwise, I don't know why they're consuming my content. Um, like in the spectrum, I'm saying it's not like a 13 year old. Um, one of you sent in a submission that in your spring, your junior year spring of high school, so 2006, um, you got a MySpace friend request from a random account and it was a picture of a whale and you opened it and the entire page was dedicated to you. She rewinds and tells me that she went to a small private high school and she junior year had a kidney disease and ended up gaining 50 pounds due to the medication and treatment that she was on. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. That's why. Um, and she went to prom with this guy who she claims was the high school God. And she says that she cringed typing that. Um, but they were friends and they went to prom and she was wearing this beautiful blue dress and she had so much fun and you know, it is what it is. And then she got home and a week later she was in her parents' office at the time and stared at the computer, not knowing what to do. People uh, now I'm reading from her perspective. People I thought were my friends were commenting such horrible things. Pictures from prom of me and my dress were plastered all over the site and they made horrible jokes like look at this blue blow hole and they let Shamu to our prom. I think one comment was about me killing myself and I I had a meltdown. My dad was there and lost it. We went to the school and demanded it be taken down, but that wasn't something that they had control over. Eventually, it was taken down after begging MySpace and getting a lawyer involved, and she still has no idea who made the MySpace account. You'd think I'd be over this by now, but I'm not. I've spent years being angry at these people who I thought were my friends for making fun of me. It has seeped into my dating life. I hate online dating because I feel like it's a picture that's open for full judgment and often think it's the reason I'm not dating as much as others because of looks. Social media, I open with such anxiety. It took a long time to be on any form of social media. And when I went to my 10-year high school reunion, the one goal was to see if anyone would admit they were a part of it. It wasn't to see people I haven't seen. It was to try to get some sort of closure. If it would help one person to hear the story and know that they are not alone or have someone feel like they can relate the whole story is worth retelling the worst part is these kids had no idea why I gained all that weight and they couldn't understand that I was fighting for my life so this breaks my heart I wish I could hug you I'll keep your name anonymous um because this 
is the like this is exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about cyberbullying. It's this like yes, it can be done privately, and I'm not saying that that's any better at all. I'm not saying one hurts less or more, but it's also this like pu- the public form of cyberbullying is so utterly confusing because you feel so vulnerable you want to crawl under a hole you feel like everyone in the world is talking about you and there's anonymity behind it so you have no idea who's speaking about you you just want closure and there's no closure to be had in my opinion and it's really fucking confusing and this breaks me because you were in high school when this happened and clearly it impacted you of course it did it's incredibly hurtful but it kills me that still today the trauma affects you and I think that's what people don't realize like things that were done to us or that we did to others definitely still impact them years later and I also think that in today's world these people who are saying or sending these awful things like that is impacting people for a lot longer than you think. It's not like, oh, someone sent me this DM and I forgot about it. Like I can still unfortunately list off verbatim many of the things that have been sent to me and still think about them more often than I wish I do. One of my friends um, submitted, I asked some of my influencer friends for notes and One submitted, when you put yourself out there, i.e. a podcast, people can write really mean and hurtful things on the actual podcast reviews. Imagine if I came into your place of work and wrote you a review on your job that you do every day publicly so that every person can see it. Even though I have a great support system, there are days where I don't feel strong and I can read a review like that and really think about doing some form of self-harm as a result. That is where people forget what the that these are people too. They put their lives out there to be helpful to you, not to subject themselves to horrible abuse. Knowing that everyone is going through something and trying to be a little bit kinder. If you have to go write something mean about someone, what does that say about the state you're in? Probably not a good place. Um, 110%, I feel all of these things. And I said this to many of my friends. I, this is the reason I want to do this episode. When I received some of this commentary and I read some things like, There were some dark days for me, depressive days and dark thoughts. And if I, as a 30-year-old who is in a pretty okay mental place now, um, confident, has a great support system, has the means to help me mentally in the ways that I need – how does that feel to be like the lonely 13-year-old girl without friends? Like what does that lead to? And that's what breaks me. Because if it's mentally impacting me, I cannot imagine what it feels like to be that little girl. And that's why I want to talk about this topic. On that note, um, I kind of talked about this earlier, but one of my other friends said, when I see negative comments about myself, I think what happens for me is that I'm afraid and I automatically assume that they're right. Whatever they're saying about me is true and then I get really insecure and overthink every single thing that I post and say and do after that. I feel like as a creator, you're so encouraged to share. You're rewarded for sharing. You're rewarded for oversharing. And then you feel like you give so much and people kind of use that against you as ammo. But then I also feel like once I'm operating in the space of feeling insecure and overthinking everything that I post, then my job isn't fun anymore. Sharing isn't fun anymore. And I feel this dark cloud over me and creatively stuck. It just becomes this vicious cycle of not feeling good. 
Some of the things that women have said to me in my DMs are shocking because a lot of the times they are mothers. And I found that as a new mom, sharing anything you're doing with your child is just so triggering for some people. And I've gotten the meanest messages from women about how I'm not a great mother, which is so disappointing. That is like daggers to my heart and soul. I just want to crawl into a hole and be with my husband and baby and never say anything on the internet ever again. It totally does impact me and makes me not want to share anything. But then other days you get amazing messages from women who are like, thank you so much for sharing this. I'm going through the same thing. And those are the messages that keep you moving forward and keep you sharing. And hopefully you're helping people and making them feel less alone in whatever they're doing. All in all, really mean people on the internet hurt. Again, I don't think people realize how much their words actually can hurt these people. Like I think that you people think these influencers are like, oh, they don't care. So I'm just going to attack them. Like, no. It hurts. It fucking hurts. And I I dream about a world where, A, like none of this exists and I can completely let loose and be my full self on the internet and just have so much fun. And honestly, I've thought about this is separate but like there is this there are those new like subscriber tools on Instagram where you have to subscribe to get someone's content, their posts, their stories, whatever. And I thought about it where I was like, wow, what a fucking wonderful world it would be if what if I just did all of my content behind the subscription? Because if you're going to like pay $5 a month to then troll me, that's really where I think I draw the line of like, that's sad for you. Um, But I would think that would cut out most of that and it would just allow this like blissful world where I could truly be myself. And I'm not saying I'm not myself, like I am myself on my platform, but I also think that there are things I don't share because I'm like, oh, that's like too much or I'll have a vulnerability hangover over that or I know that'll piss people off or I know that'll trigger something in someone or that's too showy I don't want to do that like I am very hyper aware of that now which I don't think I was in the beginning because I felt so like blissfully unaware that these people existed and the smaller I was the less they were around and so it allowed me the opportunity to do that and I think that like the perfect example of this feeling of needing to please everyone like it's not possible. It's your, oh, someone can respond to the same story. I love your content. You're so relatable because maybe their lifestyle is similar. And another person can respond and be like, what the fuck? This is so outlandish. You're so privileged. I don't have this. Another prime example, um, you know, people used to always say, oh my God, stop complaining. All you do is complain. All you do is complain. Like your life isn't hard. When I was depressed and struggling and having a really hard time in postpartum. And to those same messages I was receiving, or to those same stories, I was receiving messages being like, thank you so much for sharing the honesty of postpartum. This makes me feel seen. I feel the same way, but I feel so much guilt and shame over my emotions. It helps so much you sharing them publicly. And then when I figure out my mental health and I'm happier and I'm sharing my life and I'm actually happy. It's like all you do is show the positives. This is a highlight reel. Like you honestly, you cannot fucking win. And I think that that's one of the hardest things to come to terms with in this role. One of my other friends sent in a message that said, Trolls can really fucking hurt, especially when your brand is your life and you share online. It's a blurry line because it's not just feedback on your content and your business, but it is a comment on you as a person. It's quite backwards, actually, when you really think about it, because Instagram is only part of the story. No one actually knows all the context and background of what is going on. I think that is what I struggle with the most. People think they are entitled to say rude, judgmental, and passive aggressive things to you just because you put yourself out there. Things people would never say to someone they met in person. I try to remind myself that influencers are 
are easy targets and these comments are more of a reflection on the person than you. Over the years, I've gotten a lot better at that, but I would be lying if I said it never affects me. And this, like that right there, you are consuming someone through a lens of social media. That means that they are deciding what they're sharing, but you're also deciding how you want to depict it because you don't actually know this person. And that's what I think confuses people so much. And, you know, you look at like the takedown culture of influencers and it's like, well, I didn't, you know, that's not who you are. You don't actually know these people. And I said that about one that like happened this past year where I'm like, maybe it made you feel like you don't know this person, but I think that it just highlights the reality that you actually don't know these people. You can feel connected to influencers. I feel connected to some people I, I follow who I might not know, of course, but like, this feeling of you let me down, I'm going to attack you. You you don't actually know them. Um, I'm coming from a place of, yes, I'm cyberbullied. And this is as a white woman. My friend who said I can absolutely use her name, Akilah, um, she is a black woman. And her cyberbullying and trolling comments are unlike anything I've truly ever seen before and terrifies me for the state of our world. She sent in, I can take a lot of things, but when people call me slave or monkey or bitch or any version of that, that's hard to process because it's a reminder of how prevalent white supremacy is. And even with all my accolades and my accomplishments, I'm still less than and people feel emboldened to use social media in a way to limit my joy, my success and opportunity to most importantly dismantle white supremacy. It's hard to process, but I take it as a reminder of how and why I will continue to do this work. She is incredible. You should all follow Akila. Um, but she is focused on anti-racism education. And because of that, she obviously talks about very serious things and topics and news that is happening in today's world and politics. And those topics, if we want to get into the most insane aspect of cyberbullying, the things that people say in response to these topics, when I talk about things like abortion or racism or... Black Lives Matter or any politician, the hate that is spewed like is terrifying. And I think that it just really puts a microscope, is that the word? Microscope? Yes. On the division in today's world. And that's maybe another podcast episode. But again, it, it's this feeling of anger and entitlement also and maybe that's something I haven't fully unpacked is that it confuses me that people feel entitled to me to say these things when they don't know me um but it really is an eye-opening experience to see how hateful people can be I also want to share just to I mean, one of my friends sent in, I've never been more confident in who I am, my body or my mind than now, yet comments like these can still rock my day. An example is, please diet and you will look much better and healthier and live a longer life. Maybe now you are happy, but when you are dying a painful death. I can't even fathom someone saying that. Um, even though it's easier said than done, Whenever I get a hateful comment, I always stop and say out loud, hurt people hurt people. I try my best to wish them well and whatever they're dealing with in their own lives. But sometimes you get a comment and you're like, fuck, that hurts. Oh, sorry, she said shit, but I just wanted to say fuck. I can't imagine getting comments like this when I was 15 and it's so important to be kind. Again, some of these people, like I think about these younger people on the internet, that breaks me. Did, I don't know if you guys watched the D'Amelio documentary. I'm talking to you as if you're going to respond to me right now. Um, 
there's a D'Amelio documentary. I forget what it's on. I'll link it in the show notes. I'll find it. I want to say it's Hulu, but I could be wrong. And like the mental wear and tear that they have gone through. Sure. Have they made a lot of money? Have they created these incredible businesses? Have they completely changed their life in three years? Yeah. But the mental like fuckery that is the internet and takedown and cyberbullying and all of that. I, 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 will I say it's worth it? No, in my opinion, it's not. And I will say that comment comes from privilege a hundred percent, but I, I don't know. I, I, that is terrifying. And I, again, I don't think people understand how angry and scary and mean people on the internet can be. And I guess the, I'm going to try and wrap this all up and like put a bow on it is to encourage everyone to like remember myself included that there are these, there are people behind these screens and I would be really curious of how I would handle social media as a consumer. Had I not become an influencer, had I not like then had a following how I would be involved in any of this, like what my gut reaction would be or behavior. I don't know. I think 10 years ago would have been really ugly or 15 years ago. Um, I don't think it would be today, but obviously I can't write history that hasn't happened. Um, But just encourage everyone to remember, like there's a fucking person and take a second. Would you say that to someone's face before you type something in a comment, in a DM on some forum? Like, would you say this to someone's face? If the answer is no, then what are you doing? And if you would say it to their face, look, you want to have a constructive like criticism conversation, slide into my DMs, we'll get on a Zoom. I think that it is important that influencers hear what their community has to say if it's actual constructive criticism. I get constructive criticism all the time, whether it's about language I use or like when it comes to verbiage or, you know, stop being so down on yourself. You're like... Things that are actually helpful and constructive and there's reasoning behind it, that's great. I love that. We all should be welcoming that. But the anger, the hate, the throwing mean words to a stranger that you don't know, it's not doing anyone good. And all I can do is encourage us all to be happier people, hopefully, and to find joy in our own lives so that we don't have to try to take down others. Um I would love to hear feedback on this episode. Let me know what you thought. I know it took a lot of different directions, but I hope that it kind of tied back in together at the end. And thank you again, as always, for listening and being a part of the Freckled Foodie family. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at Pod on Instagram and me at Freckled Foodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.